Well, hello, sons, and hello, brothers. It's time again for stuff I want to say, mostly to men, and the subject today is love. I'm going to get to that in a minute. It's quite a day. It is my study day. Friday is my study day. I take a break on my study day sometimes to record this podcast for you just as a change of pace in a pretty intense day. We have guests coming in for a kind of early Thanksgiving this weekend, so there's prep for that. Got up this morning and the sun was shining. It was in the low 40s, but a beautiful day, and I got some necessary yard work done early, and I took a long bike ride. My goodness, that felt good, and I deferred breakfast until I got back. It was actually brunch. It was almost noon. Before I got to my breakfast and I made some bacon and eggs and diced potatoes and coffee with an eggnog in it because it's kind of has a holiday-ish feeling today. And so I got, I'm ahead on my study, but I kind of got to make up for lost time there between now and when our guests come in. Anyway, that's probably a lot more than you wanted to know about what I was doing. But hey, what are you doing? Stay in touch. Let me know what you're up to. And um, I'd love to know, love to hear where you listen to the podcast. I'd appreciate it a lot if you'd share the podcast with others. Man, I'd really appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast. That helps other people see the podcast and helps us to meet new friends. And I'm a social guy. I love to meet new friends. What I want to talk to you about today is love. My goodness, nothing, nothing's more important than love. And we all crave love. We all crave love. If you haven't got that figured out yet, you're way behind, gentlemen. We all we all crave love. We might call it something else, but we all have a craving for love. <laughs> when I was in junior high school, I went out for basketball. It was kind of average. Didn't make the team. I got cut on a Wednesday night. Remember that. My name wasn't on the board. I walked home sad and dejected. I was so brokenhearted. I didn't feel like the people in my life fully understood how disappointed I was, how bad it was. And when I look back, I realize it had nothing to do with sports. It had nothing to do with basketball. It had everything to do with what I would have thought of at the time as being popular But what it really was at the heart was just a desire to be loved because we all crave love. And we're all kind of leaky buckets when it comes to our love hungers. Nothing that we we ever accomplish, no one that we ever meet and have a relationship with, nothing that we can buy, nothing that we can achieve, nowhere we can travel, no experience that we have can fully satisfy the desire God has put into our heart for love. No human being can do that. For some reason, we never get enough love. I remember when I was a boy, just longing for my dad to come and kiss me goodnight one night. He, He was a seminary student and he was a factory laborer, and he was pastor of a church. He was one busy young man. Came in late one night after I'd gone to bed, kissed me goodnight, but he didn't wake me up. Mom had promised that he, she would tell him to kiss me goodnight when he got in. She did, but she didn't have him wake me up. 
So I woke up in the middle of the night hollering and crying, and my dad and mom called me in the room. They were tired. And and they and my dad ended up to get me to quiet down and go back to bed, he had to swat me. That wasn't wasn't abusive or bad. He just reached back, even didn't even get out of bed. He reached back and his elbow hit the night table and the lamp tipped over that was on the night table and it broke out the window and it was winter time in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So the next morning I'm out there and dad's replacing the glass and I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't it have been easier just to get out of bed and come kiss me goodnight? A lot of the trouble we get into in life, a lot of the tensions that we have, a lot of the sins that we commit, they're rooted in this desire for love and inordinate ways to get that love hunger satisfied. We all crave love. If I was going to give this little talk points, numbers, I'd say number one, we all crave love. Then I'd say number two, for some reason, we never get enough. And I would say number three, it's because of our fallenness that we look in the wrong places for ultimate love. We look to people immediately, family members, spouses, children. We look to things. We look to achievements. We look to places, you know, travel experiences. We look in the wrong places to fulfill our love hunger. That would be number three. Are you tracking with me? Number one, we all crave love. This is super important. Number two, for some reason we never get enough. Our buckets are always leaking. Number three, because in our fallenness, because we've sinned, because mankind, humankind has sinned against God and is not in proper relationship with God, then we tend to look in the wrong place for love and we tend to take do look in bad places or even take good things and and distort their original purpose number four god created us to find our satisfaction in a love relationship with him that's the message the story of the bible is that god made it possible for fallen broken sinful human beings who crave love and seek to have that love hunger satisfied in all the wrong places and the wrong ways. He created a way for human beings to have that love hunger satisfied in the love of God, which he made possible through Jesus Christ. Now, this is where it's really important that we have a grasp of what the Bible says. So I want to give you about four things. And I'll, I'll do this rapid fire Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. I'll put these in the show notes so that you can go back and find them. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. One passage. Another passage you'll want to see is Mark 12, 29 through 31. Mark 12, 29 through 31. Another passage, Luke 7, 36 through 47. It's the story of the sinful woman visiting Simon the Pharisee. And then John 21, 15 through 19, Psalm 139, and Romans 8. Okay, so I wanted to saturate saturate this with Scripture so you understand that I'm not just um, telling you my opinion about things, or I'm not just pumping cheap pop psychology here. This is the teaching of the Scriptures. God created us to find our ultimate satisfaction in Him. To do anything else, there's a word for that in the Bible, idolatry. It's spiritual adultery. It's why eating a good meal and thanking the Lord is worship. But gluttony 
is idolatry. It's uh, looking to food for what only God can give. Eating a good meal and thanking God is worship. It's realizing that God loves us and that one of the ways he demonstrates his love is by providing for our basic needs. And so for a man to make his way in life and to help other people to be rightly oriented about life, he's got to have a grasp of this matter of love and cravings and longings. He's got to understand that naturally he craves love and naturally he seeks love in the wrong places and naturally that doesn't satisfy, but that God has made it possible, made a way for him to experience the love of God. And this through his son, Jesus Christ, who died to forgive us of our sins, but to put us into intimacy in, with God, to make possible right relationship with God. And that's why Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21 is important. It's a prayer of Paul. It's a beautiful prayer of Paul. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Paul says, I get down on my knees and I, and I, on before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now that, my friend, is a powerful statement. What's it saying? Among other things, it's saying for you to be filled with all the fullness of God, for you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, men, what you want to do is experience the love of Christ and measure the love of Christ. Think deeply, comprehend, experience with all the saints, the breadth and length and height and depth to take the measure of God's love, to see, to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. This is how a man is filled with all the fullness of God. You see it? How can I have my lung, love, hunger fulfilled how can I be filled to the brim with the love of God? It's to study the love of God, especially to look at the love of God expressed in Christ's death on Calvary. I call this, you've heard me talk, you know that I call this the grand master key to the universe. When somebody was arguing about the greatest command, Jesus said the greatest command, he quoted Deuteronomy 6, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So God loves us. Take the measure of that. And our duty and privilege is to love him back. And now the bucket's staying full, you see. There's a story in Luke chapter 7 about a sinful woman. And because she was forgiven so much, she was demonstrative in her love. That Simon didn't understand that because he didn't have a sense of guilt that she had. <clears throat> he hadn't drunken yet deeply. He was still trying to fill his bucket with religion. But Jesus told him a story and asked him a question. And he said to him, you know, those, he said, those who haven't been forgiven much, they don't love much. 
gentlemen, the way, God's way is for us to be forgiven much and to be aware of how much we're forgiven, be aware of the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God. And by and in so doing, enter into the love of God. Those who are forgiven much love much. Remember when Peter denied Christ three times out by the fire in the courtyard of Caiaphas? And then later on, after the resurrection, Peter was restored over a fire where Jesus was making him breakfast. And he said three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? That was the critical thing. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, he said. He put him back. Jesus put Peter back on the team. Jesus restored Peter after his failure. I think I might have been tempted to say to Peter, don't come around me anymore. You weren't there for me when I needed you. But that's not what Jesus said. And that's not what he says to us when we fail, when we forsake him and when we deny him. And, but, but, he pour, but he says, tell me you love me. Gentlemen, do you love, do you, have a, do you have an affection for Jesus? Do you think deeply about God's love? And do you have an affection for Jesus? And, and if not, this is this is the way God designed us to fill the bucket of love, to fill it, to satisfy our deepest desires for love is through intimacy with Christ. And there's a hint in Mark 12 where he says the greatest commandment is to love God. And the second is like love, your, like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't know how to love God, love God like you would love somebody else. Spend time with God, listen to God, talk to God, give God gifts, serve God out of love, all this out of intimacy with God. And then if you're stuck, do something for one of his children. That's what he said. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God. The second, love your neighbor as yourself and go love people in his name. Now, track with this. Let's go back over the numbers. Number one, we all crave love. Do we agree? Number two, for some reason, we never get enough and our bucket leaks and we're crying in the night. And number three, because of our fallenness, because of our brokenness, because of our sin, we, we, we add sin on top of sin and we look in the wrong places for love. We look ultimately to people, things, possessions, achievements, places, and experiences. But number four, God created us to find our satisfaction in relationship with him. Look at Ephesians 3, look at Mark 12, look at Luke 7, look at John 21, read Psalm 139. My goodness, men, read Romans 8. <clears throat> that brings us to number five. Our lives become profoundly meaningful when we receive love from God and then love him back and then look for other people to love and introduce them into the love of God. When I stop looking for people to love me, and I start looking for people to love, then my life changes because I have experienced God's love and I've welcomed other people into God's love. And in, in so doing, many, of course, we do enjoy many healthy, uh, fulfilling human relationships, but they are just expressions of God's love. God did not intend our meals and uh, sexuality and uh, pleasures of life and uh, possessions and accomplishments to be God. He intended those things to point us to God, to be gifts from God, expressions of his love for us. When we receive them like that, then we're not, we're not taking them beyond their weight limit. If we expect from a son or daughter, a wife or a job, what only God can give them, we're fools and our bucket will leak. But when we seek in God our ultimate love, and, we, and every day we think 
Express your love to God. Serve him out of love. Obey him out of love. Witness out of love. Give out of love. Be kind out of love. Forgive out of love. Do all that you do out of love. Then you will never find the bottom of God's love. In all of your life, you will never find the bottom of God's love. That's it, man. Simple. Yesterday, I was invited to speak to two groups at the local Christian school. The local Christian junior high and high school is actually just a couple of miles from my house. And so I'd spent the afternoon at the Christian school speaking to students. And what I told you today is what I told them. It's a powerful thing to talk with young people who are just starting out in life and literally open up to them from the scriptures the very heart of the secret of fulfilling of a fulfilling life to not look to things or possessions or people for the things that only God can give but to look to God for love and satisfaction and fulfillment and then to spend your life loving him back and seeking others to introduce to God's love is a powerfully fulfilling way to live. You can get up in the morning and you can just think to yourself, what is in my path today? How can I love God? What can I do to love God today, to express my love? What can I do to enjoy or receive God's love? What can I do to invite other people into God's love? That's pretty simple, isn't it? Hey, this isn't going to be a long one today. But this is a powerful truth. It's um, life-changing if you, if, you, if you get a hold of it. When you, when you go home today, don't look for people to love you. That's tempting, I know. Look for people to love. Just go love your wife, love your sons, love your daughters, love your neighbors, love your enemies. And when you do that, you're introducing them to God's love and it's powerfully fulfilling. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I'm asking you to enlighten the men that are listening to this podcast today, that they would understand that no other person, no possession, no position, no achievement, no travel, nothing will ever take the place in in a man's heart that only God can fill. And help them to find their joy and fellowship with you and intimacy with you. Help them understand what that looks like. How would a man live in love for God and introduce other people to God's love? I pray that each man take the time to return to these scriptures and make them and kind of weave them into his heart, uh, embed and engraft them into his soul, engraft Ephesians chapter three into his soul, that each man would engraft Romans chapter 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. <laughs> what, a, what a powerful thought. What a powerful truth to have embedded in a man's soul. Teach us, I pray, how to love you and help us to receive your love and then help us to invite people into your love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, man.